Hello again, everybody. It's uh, Jason Powers. So I'm out outside. I'm not gonna walk in the road because it's loud. So I was just listening to a Twitter space uh, regarding the debt ceiling, debt default. And boy, oh boy, I tell you, we have some. And these people are obviously uh, they're power players. A lot more is like seven or eight thousand people in this Twitter space. Uh, they're discussing. Uh, all they could do is cry about the Republicans, cry about, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and Donald Trump and everything under the sun but themselves. And uh, <laughs> and they pretty much ignored. They would mention certain things, like, for example, they mentioned like there's three million federal employees and there's you know, a bunch of contractors and, you know, 17 million if you count contractors and state employees they don't see the problem they just don't see the problem government they don't they don't they ignore they don't understand that it's a spending problem they don't understand that they spent two years ramrodding this uh stupid spending through after they destroyed the economy with the covid uh they wouldn't can't dare to address spending and cuts and then they're talking about there can't be any prioritization that's illegal and all this other i mean these people are just straight lefties they're delusional and a lot of them are just you know they they don't understand what the economic consequences of of uh the situation that we're in first of all if we don't stop spending the u the u.s in terms of uh, so even aside from the debt default, if we just say, uh, let's just say it gets raised to like $33 trillion, So that buys us whatever amount of time it buys us, say six months at this point, because it seems like we're, I mean, uh, last year, was it October, November of last year, we were we ran a monthly deficit of, it was a $250 billion. It was 249, but 250 for rounding sake. So one one month. So that's at that rate of expenditure that, that would put you at three trillion. So <laughs> so if they raise it up a, tr a trillion dollars, the debt ceiling. Okay. You guys all think, oh, that'll buy us some time and we'll figure this all out in that amount of time. And it won't get it'll it won't because you know if you raise that ceiling, these people just go back to ignoring reality until it comes and hits them again. Well, here's the thing: the world is tired of us mismanaging our budget. They really are because these things have consequences. You know, uh, yeah, the people in this country are over having to pay way too high prices. But do you know why you pay too high prices? It's the government, the size of government. I mean, if we have 25 million federal, state, and contractor workers out of, if that's your block, that's like roughly, roughly about 15% of the labor force in this country. I think it's right at, a, so about 164, 66 million, uh, million people work. That's assuming I'm, I'm, I'm probably counting in there a lot of uh, double jobs and stuff like that, but we'll just say, uh, okay, maybe it's more like 150 million people that are actually working full-time. Actually, I think I just saw recently uh, 135 was what the number was. So it's even larger than I expect. But not all those contractors for the federal government are full-time either. So what I'm getting at 
there's a substantial uh, percentage of the workforce currently that's just federal government employees. So they are a tax on all the things they interfere with, the free market. Uh, there's no way a business can be as effective when you have regulators who expect you to adhere to their policies. And everybody will say, oh, well, that's for safety and this and that and the other thing. Do the FDA care about safety with these vaccines? Not in the slightest. They just kept on approving it. And I, I've listened, I saw some of the, the, the Skypes and the Zoom meetings they had. They're just ridiculous. They wouldn't listen to the public. People would present data, evidence. Didn't matter. Let's uh, jab kids down to six months old. Hell, let's just jab them as soon as they get out of the womb. They didn't seem to care. So these government entities are flawed. They're filled with people who get a paycheck for doing ostensibly nothing but creating paperwork. Uh, they have no useful purpose as far as I can see. Here's a, here was another mis uh, thing that they were talking about. I didn't have to listen, but for like 20, 25 minutes, and these people are just... They are divorced of reality. They expect you can't. You're never going to reason with these people. They're the reason why this country will fail. So they're talking about. Uh, let me see how how do I frame this uh, so it's accurate. Uh, hold on a second. They were saying that we don't have the systems in place to prioritize payments. In other words. Uh, based upon the necessity of all the government agencies and, and what needs to be actually paid in terms of interest payments and, of course, certain services. They said we couldn't prioritize. We have 435 agencies. Well, that's part of the reason why you can't prioritize. The fact that anyone hasn't been working on a prioritization method uh, to robustly do this speaks volumes in and of itself. And then another person throws up, well, we can't do certain things because it would be illegal. Since when's that stopped any of these assholes? Really? They didn't care about shutting down people's businesses. They didn't care about civil rights. They didn't care about the Bill of Rights. They didn't care about anything along that line. They didn't care about impeachment. They didn't care about how that got done. They didn't care if they ramrodded anything through. These people, they didn't care about the elections. They didn't care about how the laws were followed in states. They didn't care about uh, whether or not uh, mail-in balloting is legal and how it was done, signature matches or any of that stuff. They didn't care about any of that shit. But now they're worried about legality. They're worried about, you know, oh, procedural and we can't do it this way. When you don't care, and then, you know, they threw that stuff up, but they made it about, oh, Trump, Trump isn't helping. Well, what is Biden doing? He's off in Japan right now. He's got a major crisis at home. He's got a major crisis at the border. And he's over there in J Japan, and him and his G7 buddies are yik-yakking and talking shit to China and all this other garbage. And these people are sitting on Twitter spaces. A lot of them work in the finance industry, and they, they think they know everything there is to know about how to run a business and run an economy and uh, you know be invested correctly and be wise about how they put money into the market and all this other shit. They've never, <laughs> most of these people are very new to their game, even if they've been doing it for 15 years. And the reason why is because I don't think most of them were in the market 15 years ago, but they're going to get a very uh, harsh reality on how things go when you F up everything. And of course, like I said, they're looking for someone to demonize. So they demonize Republicans because they wanted to cut spending over 10 years down to uh, by 20%. Okay. 
you know, I, I don't even know what the whole plan is with that. But let's just say today, 20%. Let's just say that's an actual reality. And they said that was divorced. They say, the one girl goes, I, I understand that this is game theory and positioning and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Are we not supposed to try to cut, uh, cut spending? Are we just supposed to spend like drunken sailors for 10 years? It ain't going to make any difference because we're not going to get 10 years down the road with this. <laughs> everything everything we sign on to is just negotiable until whenever the next time an election changes, then everybody will just say, no, no, we'll scrap all that. That's what they did with the taxes, the tax incentives that, that Trump passed, which all the lefties said, oh, that, you know, that was just for his rich buddies. I'm sure there were people at the top of the food chain that benefited. I benefited from it, and I'm not at the top of the food chain. <laughs> I benefited from a uh, cleaner uh, tax bill. What the problem was is the people on the coast didn't like it because they got their salt, de salt dedu deductions removed from them, which is your your state and local taxes. They couldn't, oh, they were pissed. They were pissed. They couldn't get those uh, deductions that they'd normally been using to exploit to, to make uh, make up their money. So when those uh, were uh, stripped away, they had a huge problem with that. So if you lived in a blue district or a blue uh, state, uh, a lot of that <laughs> hurt them because a lot of them earn real estate and some other uh, more uh, substantial assets, asset classes than the average person's in. So, I, you know, it's, it's quite entertaining to hear these people talk that we don't realize that we have a spending problem, that in 2001 we were $6 trillion in debt, which was bad enough, and now we're going on $32 trillion. And, oh, by the way, the world, just looking forward, if the Saudis decided to just say, thanks but no thanks, we're not going to take any more of your dollars to buy oil with, that would shake up the world just a little bit. They don't get it. They just don't get it. They don't see the. They don't see. <laughs> they don't see beyond three months or even a year down the road. And the first two years, they ramrodded things through. Uh, they raised a debt a ceiling in 2021. They spent a whole bunch of money on bullshit. They've been worried about LGBTQ stuff, which is divide and conquer stuff, divide and rule demonizing people who have conservative uh, viewpoints <laughs> there and in many cases we're not nearly as conservative as we should be but you know uh, doing what you got to to make them survive but uh, these people just I, I couldn't believe it just listen to that it was uh, I mean in a way I could believe it but it was just funny how they were they were constantly wringing their hands and and then uh, even like one was like a China, China, pro-China kind of deal. He was like, uh, you know, we're going over there poking the dragon, you know, talking to Taiwan and this and that and the other thing. It's like, okay, while we're saying we're poking the dragon, which in, in some respects that's actually true. Well, what happens with all the fentanyl that's coming through our southern border? Are, are they not poking poking uh, the eagle? <laughs> if you want to talk about something, aren't they killing people in the United States through this uh, importation of fentanyl and the whole sh uh, kit and caboodle? We know this is going on, and it's impacting uh, communities throughout this country, and nobody seems to give a shit. Nobody seems to understand that. I know that's pure retaliation, by the way. Because remember the opium wars? Maybe remember them from like the 1840s? The Chinese, and, and by the way, this wasn't the United States' fault. That was the British's fault. 
so uh, yeah, China was at the back end of the uh, the key or Qin dynasty. There's a Q Q I N is the name of the the last di dynasty. It ended in like 1911 or whatever, but it was a it was weak. Uh, you know, China was getting their asses kicked on a regular basis at that time, so they had a big problem with uh, uh, with opium, the opium wars, and uh, you know there was a big big uh, big problem for them with that, and they had a lot of uh, addiction and deaths, and they even had I think a, there was even an uprising where they had they were really uh, there was a, a messianic. Uh, figure that came about during that time and resulted in 10 or 20 million deaths. The Chinese have had some of the most horrific instances of just mass death throughout history. And yet they still have 1.4 billion people. So uh, figure that one out for me sometimes. <laughs> um, that being said, so they always call it their century of humiliation and they're retaliating. They love to retaliate. They do it suddenly. They're very quiet, they're very sneaky. That is true. We're so overt and we're, we're like a bull in a china shop. They do it. They're very, very smooth and very undermining and very subversive. And they've learned that from, they've learned that from the best. They've learned that from Sun Tzu all the way up through um, Lenin and <laughs> Trotsky and Stalin and the whole, whole shebang. And uh, yet... We just can't seem to get this get this through our thick skull. You know, I'm a very much an isolation I isolationist. I really don't want <laughs> any of our little foreign affairs going on. I don't like world policing. I'm not saying the rest of the world should burn, but you know what? If you can't defend your own borders, and if you can't build a, a, a economy, it has nothing to do with uh, not being uh, not wanting free trade. No, I want fair trade. I want to have strong borders. I want to have good, good logical trade policy. I want people who who do trade to not be suckered. I'd prefer that uh, you know that we should try to uh, maintain our own energy policy very close to our vest because it is a national security issue. I want to have good infrastructure that should be actually achievable. Well, this country has all the resources it needs. We can feed ourselves. We can, you know, export out if we need to. But the reality is, is we could be very self-sufficient and just leave the entire world the fuck alone. I'm just saying that it's the truth. We made that. We made our bed. We had it, we had it all in 1945, and ever since then we fucked this country up. Ever since then, at every instant and every turn, we've had so many. There was no need for all the stuff that we've gone through. Do I mean that we shouldn't have charitable influences or charitable contributions to other countries? Sure, but we shouldn't make them. But we shouldn't be. Uh, we shouldn't been influencing them towards one uh, policy or another. We would have been far better off, far better off, not to engage in Cold War politics, philosophy. Would the Russians have dominated us by now? Probably not. To be truthful, <laughs> we should have just, <laughs> the reason, only reason why we, we took that position was because of what, you know, what was coming out of Stalin's mouth and his move into Eastern Europe, which was bad. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> should we have made some resistance there? Sure. But we made so many strategic uh, blunders from 
probably right around 1946 onward that shit I don't know there's there's just so much uh, evidence that we're just we were if not bad if not bad we were worse in many cases uh, our forays into Central America our forays in Northern Africa uh, all the dictators that we propped up just all this obscene waste of time and money and sowing of death and destruction because honestly we could have just made ourselves a very tight little uh, country in terms of how we manage our own finances uh, we could have been innovative we always have been innovative uh, this idea that you need a uh, need a mechanism or a enemy in order to create military weaponry or technology is I think a lot of bunk I think most people will tend to make make uh, great strides and plus you miss we've had so much malinvestment and misinvestment that we would be I think we'd be much further along as a society I think we were already heading in the right direction at that point in time and we just blew we just blew our brains out <laughs> we literally some committed suicide over the last 80 years I'm not saying there weren't anything that's gone well for us during this time frame I'm just saying it's just utter nonsense the things that people are willing to buy into because of the way they've been the way they've been taught we've ruined our economy we've ruined the structure of this earth it has nothing to do with resource uh, uh, lack of resources or even how how uh, how we could have uh, achieved a lot better environmental uh, improvements it's the wastefulness and well, who are the most wasteful people in the world the people are in the government that don't care they're just glad to get a paycheck I'm not saying there aren't good people in government but overwhelmingly right now a lot of them are unnecessary and worthless they don't provide any what's the value what's the value proposition that these people provide I'd say next to nothing I mean, think about it what a what about government has been proven to work well uh, you know <laughs> Reagan wasn't wrong he says when uh, what was the phrase uh, 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 I'm I'm here from the government I'm here to help you or something along that lines like the nine words <laughs> I'm with the government I'm here to help you <laughs> Yeah, that hasn't been proven very, uh, very, very helpful. And believe me, our international uh, 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 friends and enemies know that phrase is bullshit. Because anytime the U.S. government shows up, or anybody who wears a U U.S. military uniform, has uh, proven to be less than uh, uh, helpful to their cause. That's why you get a bad reputation meddling just just because someone cries loud doesn't mean that they're necessarily <laughs> they're necessarily the victim uh, there's constant examples of that those who cry the most don't necessarily need help they just cry because they know that if they cry loud enough cry wolf they'll get someone to come and help them which will solve the problem that they're trying to get out of and they were the ones who started it to begin with don't leave we don't have the we don't have the competency and we certainly don't have people who are competent enough to know that and it's been proven over and over again but then really again we have people that are go around looking for trouble and making trouble in order to achieve uh, 
uh, militaristic goals. That's something that uh, Dwight David Eisenhower and John F. Kennedy uh, knew really well. Uh, that's been a thesis of mine lately. That uh, that was the moment when we fucked up. And uh, yeah, I guess that's about my 20-minute rant. Um, anyway, I hope everybody can buckle down because it's going to get interesting. See, I'm personally on this. Uh, this debt default, I know we're going to default at some point or another. It's not a matter of if, it's when. I don't have a crystal ball, so, I mean, yeah, there's there's the, the, the panic switches currently, you know, right in front of everybody. And, uh, yeah, and we've had soft defaults before and yada, yada. People have been trying to find some historical significance. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just curious as to, you know, what what were the ramifications then? And oh, by the way, uh, I, I, I didn't delve into it to determine were we then uh, substantially the world's uh, um, reserve currency, which is frittering away rather quickly as we speak. I think we're down to what? Uh, there's substantial evidence showing that we're like only about... 55 or 60 percent of the world's uh, backing currency in Europe is like 20 and the rest is divvied up between various actors. But China's coming on quick and they're buying up tons and tons of gold and Russia has been buying up tons and tons of gold and they're planning on turning on their system. Now, I don't know when and if, but uh, there's some uh, scuttlebutt that by 2025, that's when they're trying to kick this over um, because, you know, they've been working on this plan for a long time. A lot of people have gone back through some old documents and seen how people have uh, been talking and discussing this for a long time. They've, they've always, I mean, the, the Kissingers of the world have always been, you know, rah-rah for China because they love the authoritarianism. They love the, they love the orderly, orderliness of their society, but it's always been based upon, you know, uh, a selected, a very selected few ruling over the many. I mean, there's there's a reason why I guess they're up to 96 million uh, CCP members, party members, which means that there's 1.3 billion that are not a part of any political affiliation because there's only one political affiliation allowed in China, and of those 96 million, you know, really only about 5,000 of them matter. Uh, those are the ones that attend the party congress every five years. And, of course, if you're a member of the party at the local level, you have to turn in your reports and always talk up, uh, talk up happy. And I mean, they, they're just as bad as our, our uh, D.C. minions who, who lie through their teeth about everything. Um, this is not the way forward, but it is if, uh, if your job or your, uh, your agenda is to you know, create a totalitarian, techno-fascist, you know, uh, non-property owning state which seems to be the the in, end game of all this at some point or another for all of us so and we're gonna we're gonna have people that are gonna wait way too long way too late and there's nothing gonna be left for us to do because 
I mean, I hate to be so negative. I really do. I really do. But I don't see a lot of urgency out of people, you know. And when I say urgency, in the amount of delusion that is sufferable from people who, you know, they may have better degrees than me or may have more uh, success currently in their life than I'll ever have. Just really a uh, reality. But I, I accept that. That doesn't really bother me. But the fact that they are, they are so divorced from any sense of proportion or understanding of of what what are root causes to the problems that they're currently facing and the fact they won't address them but they want to make everything about politics uh, or uh, shuffling to politics while they've had control while their their people have been lying to them for a long time uh, without any without any pushback and the the inability to uh, to sort this out and known this is coming for a long time. You know, it's like no numbers matter to these people. What do they think? I mean, and the thirty trillion is just short term. Is is the dirt debt we already have that we can legitimately list on the books? Our long term liabilities are, you know, some people say north of one hundred fifty trillion. I I I wouldn't prepare to have any future with uh, Social Security or Medicare, Medicaid, all these other. Uh, things that are on the books as being the potential uh, down downward effects. This is what your economy uh, devolves to when you put all these gimmies in the system. And there's going to be so many people that are going to be real, real, real upset when uh, either the gimmies that they get are no longer coming or the gimmies that they get can't pay for anything. And... Uh, like someone said, we're going to create massive, we're going to just turn on the printing machine and create hyperinflation, or we're going to go straight to default, uh, which, you know, is going to have its, you know, who knows, unforeseen consequences worldwide. Uh, there's going to be just, and, and these people are still talking like recession. <laughs> They, they're like, well, we don't know if that'll tip us into recession or unemployment. Now, we're going into a Great Depression 2.0. I, I mean, I really, I really, I feel that through everything that's out there between an overstimulated housing market. So that's going to, that's going to uh, fall to the fall, crater like a rock or crater down into the, the abyss. Um, we have massive amounts of credit uh um, people are just tapped out. There's no savings. The savings are disappearing quicker. I mean, they're going to zero. <laughs> uh, people will run out. So you have no buying power. You have massive uh, problems in the credit market. The amount of people are using credit to pay their b bills is escalating. You have banks, move uh, the bank withdrawals, and people moving to money markets away from the regional banks. The biggest banks to fail, <laughs> what's their bonds like with the interest rates? I mean, you got all these factors just piling up. And by the way, we don't we don't have the manufacturing base we used to. Everything that used to be services based, these people already wiped these people out. What do you think is going to happen when you know people are? We everybody's going to have to work at a local level to get their side hustle on uh, before they come and try to take everything away from us. And that's when the fun begins, because 
you know what's going to happen. You know, I don't. I'm not going to blame anybody. You got to do what you got to do, and I'm not going. Not only don't I blame them, I, I'm actually will be actually proud of uh, certain folks winning if that uh, that day comes because I know that they've uh, had their belly full and uh, then some, and that they've been patient and they've waited and they've s sat on their hands. And by sat on their hands, I don't mean that because they wanted to sit on their hands. They were just, you know, trying to hold their contempt, hold their uh, um, anger and frustration that's been building up for, in some cases, probably 25, 30 years. But certainly the last five to seven years have been just a, a shit show. And the opportunity is going to present itself. And these people are going to do what they're going to do. And you know what? That's what that's what's going to have to occur. And there'll be people that'll decry them and throw them under the bus and try to make it out that they're the bad people. No, they're not the bad people. They're the patriots. They're the people who cared about this country, had, a, had a, got to the point where they couldn't take it anymore, or were pushed to the point of the brink of their own their own existential threat to them. It's already happening. <laughs> it's been happening. This just these people in DC and these people on Wall Street and and big tech and the military. I am so ashamed of my military right now. If you're a member of the military, an active duty person who ever listens to this, look, you had choices. You made a really bad decision. If you're still aligned with your government, your government's a bunch of lying thieves and these people do not care about you. They use you to do carry out whatever uh, bidding. And when I mean bidding in, in, in accordance to killing, that's what you are. You're a killing machine and you're supposed to be thinking and don't be an unthinking killing machine. You're supposed to actually think about what you do. And yes, you're going to have to make a choice. Do you care more about your family? Do you feel uh, care more about the honor that you're supposed to serve with? Or do you just care about just getting your paycheck and following orders? If you decide that you want to just care about your paycheck and following orders, just like so many cops did, so many Leos, so many people who just turned their back on their country and said, meh, I'd just rather just follow the orders of a psychopath or sociopath or however, whatever uh, label you want to call them, but they certainly aren't people with conscience or, or any um, stones to stand up and say, nah, I'm not going to take this order. You have to, if we don't have that in us anymore, well, you know, maybe we'll just become China and China will be like you know, the United States here in 50 years. And they'll wipe us away and we'll be just another um, a little blip in history. Because, I mean, what's uh, 250 or 400 years in, in the course of the time of man? Uh, <laughs> it's just unbelievable because it shouldn't have been this way. But this is what happens when you have people who just don't care. I mean, or or allow the, the subversives to constantly get inside things. There's a lot of blame to go around. Not just at the top, but certainly the most of it should go at the very top. Because 
we let all these people uh, rise to the level of their absolute evil incompetence. We had the, you know, by <laughs> the fact that the Biden administration even exists, the Obama administration even existed. And believe me, I'm not saying Trump didn't hire some really motherfuckers that he should have never hired. <laughs> Though I don't think most of us realize that, you know, he has to get confirmation for so many of them. And that was that was the Republicans game when you have a guy like McConnell, that snake in the grass in the way. But I'm not going to dwell on that. Point is, is that's one part of it. And all at the local level between the governors and the teachers unions and the uh, cops and the law enforcement and all the people who are part of this governmental quagmire that we have called a uh, governance. Way too many of them need to just go home and never, <laughs> never be have a job again in the government. But uh, that's not going to happen anytime soon. But if it does, when it does, uh, then the fun will begin. Because, uh, of course, so going to be just like any other group of people who feel like, oh, they took it out on me. Well, you probably were pretty lazy for a lot of years and probably should have been laid off a long time ago. And, you know, so it's going to be a it's going to be a fun ride here in the next, I don't know, I'd say six to 18 months. Uh, in the next six to 18 months, you're going to find out a lot about where this uh, world is going to go. And I really do mean that. I mean, that's not going to be that hard because by by the beginning of 2025, uh, yeah, you're going to know you're going to know whether the United States of America is even going to um, have any identity left. If it has any financial ability left, does it have any courage or an integrity left? And um, are people going to be able to? Uh, finally get on the same page and figure out who the enemy is but I I don't I don't know I, I don't know what my hope is in that but it, it's not zero but it, it certainly isn't uh, it certainly isn't as high as I sorely wish it, wish it was so God bless the United States of America and God save the world <laughs>